Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben kissel boom you can't get fooled again all right welcome to the show everybody i am ben kissel as always with marcus parks hello it's just marcus and i thank god i i can't i Get out of here, guests. <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> All right. So we got a, a bunch of things happening. I watched a wonderful documentary this week, Marcus, and everybody wants to hear about it. What was it called? They ask. Drone. Mm. Drone. A wonderful documentary. It's on Netflix. Everybody has it. Watch Better Call Saul and then watch Drone. Hello. <laughs> we love that show. It's a good show, Better Call Saul. He's a lawyer. <laughs> and who doesn't love a good lawyer show? It's very exciting. Drone. It's all about Obama's drone war in the Middle East. And, uh, you know, people talk about how wonderful Barack Obama has been for shutting down Guantanamo Bay. What a humanitarian he is. You know, he won the Nobel Peace Prize just for the just for being black you know just <laughs> sounds like a controversial thing to say but i don't understand why else he won it bit of a head scratcher bit of a head scratcher so he's shutting down guantanamo bay not officially yet but i think there's like eight people there and a janitor and a cook who's eating all the leftovers mm -hmm. i have no idea who's still left over in guantanamo bay but what is he doing instead of detaining people who are suspected of terrorism and giving them due process you ask he is killing them, yeah. killing them and their families from a drone program that is absolutely vicious. And docu the documentary drone, it follows a bunch of young kids, one man in particular. I believe his name is Brandon, and he uh, has 1,500 kills under his belt. So move over, Chris Kyle. You got <laughs> nothing on this drone nerd. He is crushing people. And needless to say, he's got extreme PTSD because of it. The man's name is Brandon Bryant. Google him and hear his story. He's all over the place. He's on Democracy Now! and all the major news networks. I believe he even has a book coming out. He is the first one, first drone operator to really speak out about uh, what happens. You know, so basically, the CIA recruits gamers people who are very good and skilled with video games an asset that was once uh guaranteed to get you wedgies and swirlies and uh pushed up uh, you know to your locker and, and and spat on by a whole series of football players it's officially a different world now People who are uh, excel at video games are the world's most dangerous men. Yeah, it's like the last Starfire. It really is. So they recruit, the CIA recruits um, people who are young children, young teenagers who are good at video games. They fly them over to Nevada. They sign a military contract in blood or uh, <laughs> much like uh, Ariel. I have to get a Little Mermaid reference in there, much like Ariel did with Ursula. You really have to? I always have to. I can't get enough <laughs> Little Mermaid references. They go over to Nevada, they sit down, 
they, uh, they, they hold a controller and they're operating a drone. They fly over places like Yemen, Iraq, Syria, and they are told to hit the red button, which releases a missile, which murders countless people, one of whom may be suspected of being a terrorist. And so a lot of times these kids sit down there and once they realize uh, what they're about to do, once they realize they're about to take human life, believe it or not, they have some pause. And they look at the person who is in charge and they say, I don't want to do it. And then the person stares at them and says, you've signed a contract, fulfill your duty. Otherwise, of course, it's treasonous. You go to prison if you don't kill for the military in this drone program. After you've signed the contract. you got to kill. You're locked in. You're you're locked in. So you're in Nevada, which sounds like a hell of a time, but you're not having a Vegas vacation like those guys from The Hangover. Instead, you're killing a a whole series of families um, because they might have a relative who is considered to be a terrorist. So every time people talk about and give praise to Barack Obama for closing Guantanamo Bay. Just remember, he's closing it because he's no longer detaining anybody. He's just killing them on the battlefield without any due process whatsoever. It's an absolutely amazing documentary. You really have to check it out. I believe uh, to date from 2008 to now, we've had, what, 3,000 drone deaths? 3,674 is what the Council on Foreign Relations estimates. That's outside of Iraq and Afghanistan. That's not counting Iraq and Afghanistan. That's just outside. The Bureau of Investigative Journalism says that up to 4,404 people have been killed in Pakistan and Yemen alone between 2004 and 2014. And that's not counting how many people have lost a limb, lost a Lost a leg, wow. lost. You know what I want? You know what I would hate to lose a pinky. Why? Because you can't beers. <laughs> you know, you have your beers, and the next thing you know, oh, I'm too drunk, and I, I could really use a pinky right now because my hands are so tall. You know what I do with the pinky? I'll show you with this beer that I have right here in my hand. Uh-huh. Underneath. <laughs> oh, you've got underneath the bottle. Stabilization. Extra okay. stabilization. So you imagine I lose this pinky, Marcus. For you, you can't see this at home listening, but this is an unstable situation that looks right here. Super unstable. I wouldn't trust you with that. No, and nor would I. Thank God, the pinky is back underneath the bottle. <laughs> Of this beautiful kind of warm Bud Light, <laughs> which is perfect. Yeah, but well, they also say that uh, as far as uh, Iraqis and Afghani- uh, and Afghanis go, the number of people killed by drone is probably well above 5,000. This does not say uh, that it, that is exact, but it says probably well above 5,000. Mm. And uh, this uh, article does point out, uh, makes a point to point out that under 3,000 were killed on 9-11. So we're 2,000 past 9-11. USA, I- USA, <laughs> USA, USA. When does Barack Obama have to give back his Nobel Peace Prize? Never. Okay. What's so interesting about the documentary as well, it goes back to 1999. That's when the drones really began to be used. And the first person uh, to invent the drone, he actually invented it to help fishermen. He, he wanted to help fishermen with, I believe it was bass. It might not, maybe it was tuna. It was tuna mm-hmm. fishermen. So the invention was created to help fishermen so they could obviously fly the drones over, uh, you know, uh, water areas, areas of water. <laughs> And and fine tuna. He sold zero. He he sold zero drones, uh, you know, to the fishermen. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the federal government came in and uh, we're like, hey, do you want to just, uh, you know, get into the arms business? Yeah. He said yes. And uh, he's a very wealthy man today. I would imagine so. We're talking predator dro- drones here, right? Yes. That was the yes. The, the, the predator drone. And then they didn't militarize them until I believe it was around 2005, 2006. And they didn't really 
put missiles on everything until 2008. Other th- before that, they were just they were just peeping Tom drones. Yeah, surveillance. They were just surveillance, just camera. That's it. And then you can see in the documentary the logical step in the man's mind. I mean, you start a drone for tuna fishermen. Okay, you're filming things, whatever. The federal government comes in. Why not put a camera over for national defense and things like that? Uh, of course, I want to help the government find terrorists. And then the next step is, why don't you put a missile on it? And uh, so you can sort of see how he slowly goes from just a normal human being who had a product that he really wanted to help the working man out. Uh, he had a product that was going to help the working man out, to, uh, and he becomes, you know, um, uh, Tony Stark. Yeah. You know, then all of a sudden he becomes uh, part of a massive prison industrial complex. Uh, I mean, a military industrial complex. And now he's in the arms game. It's very fascinating. Check out the documentary on Netflix. It's called Drone. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to New Hampshire. Speaking of drones, Jeb Bush. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Jeb. Poor Jeb. Please clap. Please clap. Please clap. Please clap. It was a wonderful clip. I'm sure you've seen it. Jeb Bush was giving a speech, and uh, he hit a high point. If he was a comedian, he would request laughter, but as a politician, you request clapter. Mm. And uh, he did not get it. <sighs> he he hit something. It was a it was a uh, he was he was discussing how something to do with national security and how he's going to keep the nation safe. In whatever. the most boring way possible. He's meandering. That's what he sounds like. As yes. a, he's just sort of he's meandering. He's rambling. He's not really making much sense. His heart is halfway into it, and mm. he gets to the high point that's barely a bit of an upswing. Just kind of a thing. And yeah. then there's silence, and he just says, "Please clap." And I love a meandering and a rambling. <laughs> I'm usually so pro meandering and rambling, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But when Jeb does it, it's just shockingly boring. So he had a please clap moment. He understands everything is going out the window, everything he's worked so hard for. He can't crack 3%. His average vote that he got in Iowa cost him roughly $5,000. If you look at how much he spent in Iowa and how many people that money brought out to the polls, it was roughly $5,000 per person. You know what would uh, be better? Just give people (laughs) $5,000 next time. That might be a nicer gesture. He's such a thumb of a human. He's a total prick, but he's <laughs> such a bad candidate, I actually feel bad for him. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's yeah. so terrible at running for office. I, I can't believe I have sympathy for a for a legacy like Jeb Bush. Yes. He's a He's an awful human being. Yeah, sympathy for uh, the man who ushered in the voting fraud of uh, the 2000 election that put yeah. George W. Bush into office. I know, we talk about this, but I blame Al Gore for that because Al Gore lost what? Tennessee. No. You gotta win your home state. <laughs> Al Gore was such a—he was another terrible candidate. What do you mean you blame? It's not that you have to blame him for losing. I blame Tennessee. Gore. No, of course you don't. You can't blame Gore for. I'm Florida. blaming him. You can't blame him for Florida. I'm blaming him for being a terrible candidate that made it go that far. You gotta win your home state. Yeah, I know you gotta win your home state, but that does not negate Jeb Bush giving the presidency to his brother. W was going to be a good president, but then 9-11 happened and everything went to hell. No, he would have been a goofy president. He's a goofball. <laughs> He's a goofball. He would have been a Gerald Ford. He would have been. I mean, hell, the guy did choke on a pretzel. Uh, what a champion he is. I think he vomited on the uh, prime, or on the uh, on the president of China. No, no, no. You're thinking of George H.W. No, that's Bush. H.W. The, yeah, the whole Bush he, family. Yeah, is and a- he vomited on the premier of Japan. Oh, that'll happen. <laughs> Because he had some bad sushi, which I think is the true story. Yeah, it is actually the true story. So Jeb, living up to the Bush name of shenanigans, he ball he he brings out his ninety year old mother Barbara. 
He brought out Barbara. He's bringing out the good, the big guns to get the youth. Bring out Barb. Bring out the 90-year-old former first lady. <laughs> Fellas, times are desperate. It's time to bring out Barb. Bring out the Barb. <laughs> and all the kids were so happy to see her. <laughs> the 90-year-old woman with a walker. And I love Barbara Bush. I'm a huge Barbara Bush fan. She's kept that family together. She didn't want Jeb to run in the first place. And now he's done so bad. She's forced to go to New Hampshire with a walker, stumbling through piles and piles of snow like a bizarre, uh, like a bizarre Yeti, but much less able than a Yeti. <laughs> which is sad, and she's she's freezing cold. Jeb is just standing behind her. She's got the walker. She's she's going through diners in, in New Hampshire that she never wants to go through, uh, never wants to walk through, speaking to people she never wants to speak to. Everyone smells like cigarettes and old coffee. All she wants to do is go hang out in a mansion with her dying husband, H.W. Bush, but, but Jeb won't let her. No. It's so sad. His entire campaign is pathetic. And he needs to get out now, and please, a- before your mother dies. <laughs> Jeb Bush is going to, he is going to have a blood on his hands. <laughs> this is what Donald Trump said in a tweet about this whole situation. He said, wow, Jeb Bush, whose campaign is a total disaster, had to bring in mommy to take a slap at me. Not nice. Not nice. <laughs> it's not nice. And we're going to talk about some Trump v. Cruz coming up here in a second. Of course. Unbelievable. I guess it's a little bit old news now but we have to continue continue to pound ted cruz and make sure everyone understands what a tyrant what a schmuck what a troll person he is he's awful Mm, my god yeah i uh, found a uh, report that came out here uh, just a few days ago Uh, a neurologist Mm. actually analyzed why ted cruz why his face is so unsettling why you look at him and you get the ick feeling all right well let's leave that for a teaser let's finish up with jeb (laughs) Of course, of course. All right, so why, the question is that we will answer later in the show, why is Ted Cruz (laughs) so difficult to look at? Why does he give you the willies every time you stare at his weird-looking face? We have the answer. (laughs) The scientific answer. Science is behind it. That's how flawed the man is. They had to bring in a scientist to answer the question, why is he so ugh? (laughs) Thank you, science. They might not believe in climate change. But I think every Republican will agree with this scientist when he uh, offers his uh, his unbelievable opinion about why Je- why uh, Mr. Cruz is impossible to stare at. So Jeb is at three percent in the polls. He's got to get out after New Hampshire. His right to rise super PAC, which is a terrible. I don't even understand what it right to rise. It makes no sense. What do you? When don't we? Do I have a right to lay? What the, what the hell? We're just throwing rights around? Yeah, the right to rise doesn't make it. The right to, uh, because the right to if rise. If you're rising, then that implies that you're starting at the bottom. That implies right. that you're a loser already. You're starting off as a loser, mm-hmm. and you're rising. And you have the right to do that. <laughs> I don't get it. So yeah. all that super PAC money in the right to rise in the coffers of Right to Rise that was supposed to guarantee Jeb Bush the nomination. They were they know Jeb is going away, and they were staring at Marco Rubio, that beautiful Cuban man, the the boy in the bubble, as Chris Christie calls him, which I think is a pathetic um, is a pathetic slur and a slander against uh, against Marco. But we'll make fun of uh, Chris Christie coming up later. But then Marco Rubio did so poorly in the in the debate. On Thursday, the first debate, the on Saturday rather, the last debate before New Hampshire, which is obviously this Tuesday, February 9th. 
Marco is he was he was a total failure. He uh, he he flailed. He looked awful. He repeated it himself, and at no point did he come across as a, a viable presidential candidate. So I have no idea where they're going to take that money that Jeb Bush has uh, so, so worked so hard to court. I have no idea where that money is going to be going because Marco doesn't seem to be a viable candidate at the end of the day. I mean, this is just one bad debate performance. Just because it was he the, has- but it was the debate performance where everyone he was the new kid in town. He was hot. Mm-hmm. He was hot. You know, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. We're in high school, and uh, the exchange student from Cuba has come to the high school. And he's got great abs, and he's super strong. And he goes on a date. And he takes the hottest chick to prom, and she pulls down his pants. He's got a micro penis. <laughs> And then the rumors start, and next thing you know, he's just another kid. Yeah. He's got some friends and some enemies, and for the most part, everyone calls him Pinky. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's more like Boobio. Boobio, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's got a, a hot hot set of man tits. <laughs> Who knows? But no, he, he just that was his time to shine. This was the opportunity. You only get one opportunity to, uh, to be the front runner. This was the first time he was the front runner, even though at no point in any polls has he... Ben number one in Iowa. He got he he got third, but uh, you know what he 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 beat expectations by seven percentage points. He still lost. I, I, the expectations game is something Donald Trump is learning. Always lower them. Yeah. Always lower them because then if you do moderately better than lower expectations, you've won. It's it's all a sham. It's ridiculous. So I have no idea where the right to rise cash is going to be going. I can't see it going to Cruz, obviously. It's definitely not going to Donald Trump. Maybe, dare I say it, John Kasich. Kasich? I think Kasich could fill the role for the establishment uh, candidate. He does not shine. He is, he's, a boring, he's a boring guy, but he has been a very good governor of Ohio. His approval ratings are extremely high. He's the highest uh, rated governor out of all the governors running. And uh, on Saturday's debate, he actually has very rational plans that uh, could be enacted, and uh, he has seen his policies work in a uh, in a real life setting with with Ohio, of course. Again, uh, when he took over for Ohio, it was in in the whole two billion dollars, and now it has a, t- a six billion dollar surplus. So he's got a very good record. My prediction is Kasich is the next one to really get some eyes on him, and. Uh, Right now, it's easier for him, again, because the expectations are so low. If he can place fourth, maybe sneak into third in New Hampshire, I really see some momentum happening for Kasich. At the very least, uh, the Jeb people, the people who were looking at Marco, I could see them transitioning over and really taking a serious look at Kasich. And you never know. If the guy gets $50 million in the coffers, you never know what a candidate can do. Yeah. If he, I think he's going to need to to show a third. I think if he gets a top three, fourth, I think people are like, hey, Casey did okay. But if he does a third, I think people are going to take if him he gets, seriously. If he gets in the top five, I think it's a big win for Kasich because he hasn't been any, you know, in Iowa, I believe he got seventh. I think he was at two, three percent. I mean, really uh, a rounding error for all intents and purposes. So we'll see. Anyway, that's my, that's the only person I can see uh, on that stage. Believe it or not, it's not going to Ben Carson either. The only person I could see all of that big establishment cash going to is John Kasich. Anyway, let's answer the question, why is Ted Cruz so <laughs> difficult to look at? The smile. The smile. The thing that's supposed to endear you to somebody. Yeah. The thing that is supposed to, you know, when, when we say a joke, you know what I like to do? What? Watch him smile. <laughs> but for some reason, whenever Ted Cruz smiles, 
It's weird. He has a face that it's not necessarily a physical impossibility, but it is very difficult to do. When he smiles, mm-hmm. it's a thin line that goes straight across the face. Mm. And he somehow, and if he manages to take the corners of his mouth and upturn them just a little bit, somehow the outside corners of his eyes mm-hmm. turn down. It seems counterintuitive. It really does seem counterintuitive. And, and it, it is a, a weird physical anomaly. It's hmm. not something, like, I don't... I don't know if any of us could possibly physically do that. Like, I don't think right. we have the muscles right there to actually do it. But that's what it is. He has the, the thin smile and his eyes slant downward. I did try to do it. And I have to admit, I looked like Jerry Lewis when he was impersonating an Asian person. <laughs> and, I, and I felt bad about uh, I felt bad about it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel terrible about what I just did. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners and more all built to last no matter how many spills scuffs or pet related mishaps come its way the leather collection at ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family shop the new leather collection at ashley and find chairs starting at 499.99 and sofas at 599.99 ashley for the love of home when booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this this place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Ah, what the? Is there a door behind all those spiders? <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. <sighs> look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax, you booked a Verbo. Yeah, but that's it, and this is what science tells us. Ted Cruz is physically difficult to look at. Yeah, downturn expressions. This is what the neurologist said, mm-hmm. and the neurologist, by the way, is a Republican. So he he's oh, okay. not. Yeah, he is a. He said, "Listen, I'm a conservative. I'm not just a Democrat out to smear this guy." He said, "There is an actual reason behind this." He said, "Downturn expressions mm-hmm. usually signal disagreeableness or disgust." So it's mm. what it is. Is that we're reflecting back. To what, what Ted Cruz is sending out to us, when we look at him, mm-hmm. he's reflecting back disagreeableness. He's a, reflecting back disgust on us, so we're reflecting that back on him. It's, it's like, just a vicious cycle. <laughs> it's not right. Yeah, and uh, this guy, and he says that he's probably completely unaware of his of his body language. He's you completely, think so? He's completely unaware that he's actually doing this. To well, him, that's just, what could he this find? is how I look. Well, well, what could he do? I mean, staple the damn things up? I mean, I guess you could have a cosmetic <laughs> surgery or something. Yeah, but I what is he so. supposed to do? It's his face. I know. <laughs> we have very little, con- we, can, we can change our hand motions, we can get abs, we can work on our glutes. But what can we do about our face I mean, other than go under the knife, yeah, other than go talk to Ben Carson and have that psychopath <laughs> neurosurgeon fix him up? You get plastic surgery, but you can't do that in the middle of a presidential campaign. No, you cannot. Yeah. You cannot. You absolutely, plastic surgery will ruin the entire thing. Look what happened to that woman from Dirty Dancing. Oh, Jennifer Grey, yes. Jennifer Grey. She lost all her uh, her trademark nose. No one knew what she, who she was. That's and if Ted Cruz loses that trademark nose, <laughs> my God, Ugh. nobody puts Ted Cruz in the corner. Oh, God. Sad, sad man. He is a schmuck, and he's a terrible person. You know what he looks like? He looks like if Rumpelstiltskin was a person. Oh, I thought Rumpelstiltskin was a person. No, he's more of a goblin. Huh. <sighs> Marcus just put a picture on the screen. 
The name of the headline for Mediate, by the way, is Neurologist Analyzes Why Cruz's Strange Smile Disturbs and Unsettles. <laughs> That's not a headline you want when you're going for the presidency of the United States. Disturbs and Unsettles. <laughs> he is. He's an extremely God. disturbing, unsettling man, and it's all in the face. You would, Even if you didn't know his policies, even right. if you didn't know his batshit crazy policies, you would still look at him if you saw him on the street. If he was, if you were alone with Ted Cruz in a train car and he was sitting right across from you and you looked across at him, you would feel uncomfortable. You That's would right. want to change cars. I, 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 I totally agree. Disturbs and unsettles. It's not the description of Wes Craven's new film. <laughs> it's a scientist discussing, a doctor discussing the face of Ted Cruz. <laughs> My God. I do agree with Ted Cruz when he talks about arming the Kurds. I think he's right about that uh, when it comes to foreign policy. But then, of course, he goes out and he says, we're going to carpet bomb the Middle East. And everyone demonizes him for it. It's a ridiculous idea. It's just a thing that gets idiots to clap. Yes. And he doesn't have to ask him to clap because... He says fun words like carpet bomb. <laughs> that does sound exciting. I would be like, carpet bomb? I kind of wanted to clap just then. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, the idea of carpet bombing sounds wonderful <laughs> until you realize there are human beings on the other end of that uh, of those bombs. Quite a few of them. So people get upset with Ted Cruz, but again, going back to Obama, they're all doing it. And Obama does it with a smile, and he's got a beautiful face, a beautiful family, and no one wants to believe that this man is a mass murderer. But he is. And so when Ted Cruz talks about carpet bombing, if you're, if you're on the left and you're like, oh, what a disgusting Republican, what a piece of shit, I can't believe he's saying these things. The current Democratic president, some people believe the most liberal president in all history, which <laughs> is absolutely untrue. Under Dwight D. Eisenhower, there was a tax, 91% tax on people making over $5 million. And was it uh, Eisenhower a Republican? Oh, well, very much so. Yeah. And, and one of the best presidents in the history of the presidency. The War one that warned us about the military, military industrial complex. The one who signed the uh, contract with the Grays. That's correct. He also signed the contract with the Grays, and I think that got the White House cable TV first. I have no, I don't know what the contract was for. What was the contract? The Grays being the aliens. Yes, well, of we, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what uh, would happen, the exchange, was that the aliens would get a set amount of people, a set amount of Americans, mm -hmm. to experiment on per year. In exchange for that, we would get... The technology that the Greys had in their possession. So we got Wi-Fi and they got anal? Yeah. They just got to, like, play with human butts? That's exactly what happened. I feel like they lost. I, I'm going to say, you know, Donald Trump talks about making deals, but Eisenhower made a hell of a deal. He's like, so you want, like, 50 human buttholes a year and we get uh, the, inter the internet. Is yeah, that right? Okay. That's, yep, that's pretty much what happened. But you know what? The Greys... 50 buttholes a year wasn't enough oh for them. Oh, my God. They went for more buttholes. They said, what are you going to do about it? Mm. And then various things happened. So, you know, Dulce, you know, a, lot of, a lot of things happen because the Grays double-crossed Eisenhower. Well, now that I think about it, I might be a Gray. All right. <laughs> um, that doesn't matter. Ted Cruz. So when he does say carpet bombing, don't forget, the current president, the liberal, the Nobel Peace Prize winning person, th that man, he is murdering people in mass. 90% of those drone strikes are innocent civilians. The people killed in the drone strikes are innocent civilians. Absolutely. Watch the documentary drone. It's devastating. There's just children with limbs blown off, and it's very, very sad. Ted Cruz, unelectable candidate, a terrible human being. Voter fraud. He definitely committed it in Iowa. What happened with that story? Obviously, it's a little bit old now, but I just want to drive the point home that Ted Cruz is a terrible person. 
He announced two people who were going to caucus for Ben Carson, that Ben Carson was getting out of the race because Ben Carson is an idiot. <laughs> I will say that. He did announce that he was going to go home to Florida to change clothes. That is a true statement from the Carson campaign. He, I know. But I can also see because Carson is so strangely autistic, like like Brandon from uh, from Making a Murderer, he's just like, oh, I got a suit at home. I have I have to change clothes. I have to go to my suit I have to go to the closet where my suits are. Well, I bet the ones he had were all rumpled. And he never heard of a Macy's. <laughs> yeah, why is he going to go to a Macy's? He's got a closet full of suits back home. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that's how he thinks. I mean, you know, that's how he thinks. That's a, uh, whatever. He, he is not, he is an A to B guy. You know, he's like, I need a suit. Suits are at home. We're going home. That was it. There was no, like, have you heard of the department stores? No, Century 21, anything? Suits are at home. Suits are at home. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why would I buy a? Why would? Why would I buy a new suit? He talks like the kid from Malcolm in the Middle. Remember Malcolm in the Middle, the wheelchair kid, yeah, the one that yeah. I I need to go home and buy a new suit. Yeah, get a new suit from home. So yes, the optics are terrible, and the Carson campaign should have never announced they were going to Florida so the guy could change clothes. No, nonetheless. He was not dropping out of the race. CNN ran the story, retracted it immediately. The the Cruz campaign did robocalls. They, and, of course, this is on the heels of them sending out uh, letterheads that had it made it look like people were going to go to jail if they didn't vote, if they didn't go and caucus for Cruz. It was a terrible tactic, technically legal, but that doesn't make it right or good. And uh, so he did robocalls telling people that Cruz, that Carson is getting out of the race. And obviously, the car, people who are supporting Carson, the next step is Cruz. It's these evangelical, oh, yeah. bizarre, very special people. Uh, so, of course, the Carson campaign uh, lost. If, if There were 1,600 uh, heads for each little district for the caucus, caucus leaders. They all got the memo. If four people that were caucusing for Carson in each of those 1,600 decided to jump ship and go over to Cruz, you've got that 4,000-plus uh, victory margin for Cruz. This is where Donald Trump, he came across like a total whining, whimpering, you know, a, a preteen uh, who didn't get a uh, the Xbox game they wanted. Mm -hmm. So he did not look good, but he did make a very, very valid point. If four of those people came over and caucused for Cruz, that would give Cruz the victory in Iowa. And I think that's what we're seeing. He got no real bump. New Hampshire, Cruz is still hated. He's third at best. I think he's going to start losing a little bit in New Hampshire. It's because it was a fraudulent victory. Yeah. And if you want more, uh, another example of Ted Cruz's dirty tricks in Iowa, uh, this is insane. Uh, this definitely went under the radar, and I only knew about this uh, because of a, a friend of mine from back home who uh, works with uh, the Lubbock Chamber of Commerce and works very closely with farmers. Mm. What Ted Cruz did is he took funding away from farmers in West Texas and he did a little bit of horse trading, and he took that funding mm. and popped it on over to Iowa. So with the, where did that money go? Did that go to his campaign? No, the money went to farmers in Iowa. 
I see. So he just skimmed a little bit of cash off of his constituency in Texas. It wasn't said, his constituency. It, it was, was a, a different constituency. It was a different part of Texas. It was West Texas. Well, when you're a senator, aren't you the senator of the full state? But yeah, I see what you're saying. So he went. In, so he attempted to bribe the farmers for all intents and purposes because, of course, he ha- he was against ethanol uh, for the longest time. He gets mm-hmm. to Iowa. He can't have enough of this stuff. Yeah. He loves it. He panders in the worst possible way. And the people that he is getting to vote for him you know, it is not uh, their fault that they, you know, live in in a in an area where they might not have the most um, the highest understanding of how uh, manipulative people can be. Right, right, because there are places in the Midwest, very small, isolated locations. The idea of someone coming up to you and lying to your face is just why why would he do that? Yeah, you know, why would he come and I saw his eyes. I mean, they were kind of weird looking, and it, I guess. <laughs> unsettling i think and disturbing but i believed him yeah you know yeah i mean so it, it is uh he he completely abused the people of iowa and that's why his victory there much like huckabee's much like santorum's it is uh it, it's meaningless it's worthless he did he worked hard he went to all 99 counties he did work very hard but the way that he chose to uh act on caucus day i thought was terrible but anyway now we're on to the first primary in new hampshire and uh, we've learned a lot so far uh, about the candidates just from the Iowa experience. Well, I got, actually, I have a question uh, for you right now. And, and I think that this is I, I just thought of this uh, three presidential cycles in a row. Iowa does not matter for the Republicans. Not at all. What does that say about Republican voters in Iowa? The country is shifted so far away from the evangelical social conservatism. They don't like it. I think it's actually a bad mark to win Iowa at this point. I mean, what have you proven? You've proven that you got the people who uh, live in rural areas surrounded by nothing but fields and have uh, society has passed them by. Yeah. Where is where is the I mean, Iowa, it's, it's a farm state. I mean, I love farmers. They're amazing. At the end of the day, the new infrastructure, the new jobs are coming from people who do graphic design. Farm jobs are dead. Farm jobs are gone. So their entire, everything, their whole way of life, it's sad to say, but now that I think about it, it's gone. I mean, and this is what people talk about. When they talk about the American dream being lost, the factories are closed, manual labor jobs are gone. Yeah. Everything is cerebral. Everyone's going to get fatter. <laughs> That's for sure, because we're still eating farmer's breakfast. <laughs> but then we're going down to code for the Internet. I mean, not myself. I can't code anything. Yeah, the but town I grew up in, a farming community. It's gone. Dead. It's, it's dead. dead. It's dead. The, the school closed and, 10 years ago. And what are you going to say to them? I mean, are, are you going to give a 50-year-old farmer who just, you know, hopefully Monsanto comes and buys, you know, I mean, everything up so they can get some money? Something. You know? I mean, are you going to go tell them to, you know, start? working do i mean they can't even play fantasy football on the internet i mean it's not like a, there is there's nothing for these people right and the, and the country has passed them by and this whole idea that it's somehow going to go back to a manual labor workforce is insane we have no we have nothing i mean hopefully we can start getting some construction jobs out so we can start building some bridges that don't collapse like they do in minneapolis on a regular basis but i think that's the problem so you have ted cruz who is promising social conservatism who is promising he's going to bring jobs back that just simply do not exist. And they believe him, and they have faith in him. And, and I think the people of Iowa, you know, they, they live in a different America. And it's yeah. sad because they are, they're the America that, that is 
you know, like when you're super fat and you got all the dead, uh, you know, you got you got you got you got the dead body, you got the dead flesh. It turns uh, black. Yeah, yeah. That's Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. I mean, I'm I'm almost I'm almost tearing up. I'm almost tearing up because what are they gonna do? I mean, this I is know. their whole life. It's just. I work and I and I, and I work. I pray and I hope to have you know. I hope to die when I'm 80. You know, uh, we were talking a little bit about this before the show, and I think this ties into it. The the low gas prices right now, the low oil prices. It sounds amazing. Why isn't this the best thing ever? Because it's bad for the economy. It's right. bad for business. And right. what is good for the people is bad for business. Right. There's something wrong with this country when that is a, an economic fact. And that's why Bernie Sanders is doing so well, and that's why Donald Trump is doing so well, because they both agree that there is something uh, flawed with the country and how it's being run right now. So I think that's why Ted Cruz does well in Iowa, but I also why I think that's why uh, the Iowan vote no longer matters, because they're, they're clinging to uh, p- the past, and it's just it's never going back. We're, and, unless, unless a, uh, a nuclear bomb explodes and we, we go back to the Stone Age, and Iowans can really have a vote again, and it matters that you have a really strong... It matters that your hands are really strong and you can break a whole series of things with your head. Um, <laughs> what, like karate mask? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> How else do you break things? Your hands and your head, right? I would say a sledgehammer's a pretty good option. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking post-nuclear... A big, We're a gonna, big it's rock? Gonna take, it's let's, gonna take, take, let's go for a big rock, It's going to take us 50 years to get there after the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> We're going to have to start all over. How long did it take for the caveman to figure out the rock? 50 big. years. <laughs> the first thing that you start with your hands and your head. And then you go to big rock. Okay. Then you use big rock, and then you're like, I'll tie a stick to it. I concede, Ben. Okay, great. <laughs> great. That's wonderful. Um, all right, yeah, so I suppose we do have to wrap it up here, but uh, let's let's do some bold predictions. Donald Trump will win New Hampshire. Bernie Sanders will win New Hampshire. I would really like to talk more about Hillary Clinton. She will. Uh, she is playing the expectations game right now. She's down by roughly, on average, 20 in New Hampshire. Some polls her, have her down by 10. Some have her down by 30. That's why the average is 20. Completely unlikable. I think that Bernie Sanders did an amazing job in the New Hampshire town hall and an incredible job in the debate. Hillary Clinton is playing. We had Jessica uh, Tarlov on discussing Hillary and really her her narr- She isn't wrong when she talks about the impossible. Uh, the impossible, but man, that is just not engaging. It's not encouraging. All yeah. she's doing is saying that every young person's dreams can never happen, and they are just that a dream. I did read a uh, a great article the other day that, that said, like, voting for Hillary Clinton is voting for this is how it's going to be forever. This is how. You but, know. you know, she is also very rational, and I think that she makes very valid points. Uh, so, I mean, but, but it's saying we're too far gone. It's giving up on America. Like, Hillary Clinton, right. voting for Hillary Clinton is giving up on the ideal of America that our founding fathers had. Bernie Sanders' economic plan, I've been trying to wrap my head around it. I don't think that he even understands it. Most economists don't think it would it would work. They say it would add roughly $12 trillion to the deficit within the first four years. Marcus and I were talking before the show. It's a $12 trillion, $19 trillion deficit right now. What is it? It's so large. The deficit is so big. It's like you're in an art museum and you're standing one inch away from the world's greatest painting, but you're too close to even see what the, what the picture is. Yeah. I mean, it's what's $19 trillion? What is it? Yeah, it's what, like a, I mean, what is that? It's like Hieronymus Bosch painting. I mean, it's huge, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? So he, yeah. So they say he'll add $12 trillion to the deficit. Of course, Bernie Sanders, 
his entire tax plan. He promises to raise taxes. He was asked about it at the town hall. A man who was making $41,000 asked if he was going to have his taxes raised. Bernie, being honest, which I think people really respect, says, yes, your taxes will be raised roughly $500, but you'll get $5,000 back because you uh, you won't be paying high health insurance premiums. This is all predicated on the idea that he passes single payer, which, you know, I mean, he... He and the Republicans want to repeal Obamacare. Yeah. Bernie Sanders would have to dismantle the entire thing. And I think people are having a difficult time um, wrapping their head around what that would look like. And would it even be possible to do? Because unlike when Obama took office in 2008, where he had the Senate, he had Congress, uh, he had the House, um, he was able to really push through Obamacare. I don't think Bernie is going to have that carte blanche. You know, if he gets in there, I, I, I just don't see him being able to dismantle a program, a massive federal program, and then put through even a larger federal program. I don't see how it's possible. Nonetheless, he is uh, doing a great job of engaging people, and you know he is because he has 84% of the people under the age of 40 supported him in Iowa. They're supporting him in New Hampshire. 70% of young girls are, uh, are supporting him over Hillary Clinton, which is astonishing. And, you know, Hillary is, uh, I said this joke on the Meghan McCain show, but I will repeat it. Hillary's discussing how she's going to break down the glass ceiling. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because it's the same ceiling that her and Hillary were dancing on while he was sexually <laughs> assaulting women. You know, I mean, she was already above the glass ceiling. Yeah. You know, she's I mean, been above the glass ceiling for a long time. I mean, it only 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 she could be the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party and, and still talk about how how she's put upon. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Of course. And now she's just straight out saying, how am I establishment? I'm running as the first woman president. Which no one cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, it's like, I mean, yeah, you're the some first people woman. do care. I know but, some people do care, but I think for the most part, most Americans are like, yeah, you're a woman, so what? Right. Like, it, because people talk about, like, oh, Bernie's not going to be able to do this. Bernie's not going to be able to do that. What the hell is Hillary Clinton going to be able to do? She hasn't put forth one policy. It will be more of the same. This is what I'm going to – she's not, not to, like, oh, I'm going to do this to make your life better. I'm going to do that. It's She has put forth nothing. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Filling, leaving a, a void, and uh, and Bernie Sanders is filling it. So he's going to win New Hampshire, in my opinion, because of the expectations games. He won Iowa. He's closing the gap in South Carolina. He's closing the gap in Nevada. Unfortunately, I do. I would have to say if I if I had a gun to my head, and Mar- I do right now, Marcus says, put the gun down. Nope. All right. It's to my head. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I have to... Uh, just continue my pessimism because so far it's helped uh, Bernie. Every time I like something, they fail. I'm a huge Knicks fan. <laughs> I'm a huge Knicks fan. And they'll never win the championship because I like him too much. So I'll continue with my pessimism towards his campaign. I just see Hillary Clinton doing very well Super Tuesday and the race wrapping up. Unless, of course, she's federally indicted, which is a possibility. Oh, my God, I wish the show was longer. We got to get it. Well, well, we have a, we have more shows coming. Yeah, we have plenty more shows. We'll coming. discuss them. So anyway, predictions for New Hampshire. Bernie wins New Hampshire. Obviously, Hillary comes in second. I got uh, Trump. I do believe is going to hold on. He did fairly well in the in the um, in the debate. His immigration and uh, and uh, Muslim stance is just awful, um, but man, he's he's got uh, he, he's 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 engaging with a with a constituency that uh, was previously not engaged with. I think uh, Rubio slips. Kasich could possibly take third. Okay, so let's say Rubio holds it to Kasich comes in with three. Okay, so let's do Trump Kasich. Let's do Trump Rubio Kasich in New Hampshire and see if that works out. Jeb is out of the race. His mother dies. 
Um, <laughs> that's going to happen as well. She's going to be found in a snowbank uh, Wednesday after the New Hampshire debate. That is Tuesday. Ben Carson, by the way, uh, he will be gone, I believe, after New Hampshire. He's going to go back and get his final suit from Florida. <laughs> and what I do feel really bad, I joked about how Jeb Bush has blood on his hands, but you know who truly does? Ben Carson. A, per- a staffer died in Iowa. Oh, God. And he mentioned that on the debate. He's like, you know, I, I want to thank everyone who has supported me. We literally had a person die. You know, like, I'm like, oh, uh, my God, this poor bastard who so- died. But that is why Ted Cruz is such a, a, a garbage person because people deserve the right uh, people really wanted to vote and, and caucus for Carson and they, they have the right to do it and they shouldn't be lied and hoodwinked out of supporting the candidate that so many people have worked so hard uh, you know to uh, propel into that position and that's why I also feel terrible for the people who work for Rand Paul who work for two years and they can't even see a vote in New Hampshire mm. it's really I mean you know there, there are human beings behind these campaigns you, you work for free and you work your ass off and then, you know, you have someone like Ted Cruz taking away your votes, uh, spreading lies, and you have Rand Paul who drops out before 49 other states could actually vote for him. Anyway, all right, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Go to the Facebook page. It's uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. It's now closed. It was public, but now it's closed. Okay. So I guess you have to just search it. Yeah. You just search it, and you find it. Yeah. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Um, it's a very fun page. Everyone's always yelling at each other. And there's a couple of Trumpers in there. Oh. And then there's a few Bernie people. And I, I will give the Bernie people credit. Uh, they're tenacious. Oh, yeah, they are. They're tenacious. Um, I'm very pro-Bernie bro, by the way. If you're a Bernie bro, stay at it, even though the Bernie campaign is against him. <laughs> Do you know that story? <laughs> I know that story. Bernie bros. Handsome guys. Super handsome. Yeah. All right. And, of course, oh, my goodness, there's so much to talk about. We have to wrap it up. Okay, find Marcus on Twitter, at Marcus Parks. I'm on Twitter, at Ben Kissel. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.